LinkedIn presents. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with David and Colton Chorpening about their book, What the F is Next. David and Colton Chorpening, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jonathan. It is a pleasure to be with you today. You're joining us from Colorado, and I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about your book, What the F is Next. I'm super excited to talk about this and talk about intentional living and how we can go about doing that in our lives. As we get started, I wanted to share David and Colton's bio with the audience. With a trailblazing career spanning counseling, coaching, and consulting, David has worked his magic with some of the biggest names in the game, from the Federal Aviation Administration to the Colorado Bar Association Leadership Training Program, USA Rugby to Rocky Mountain Health. His expertise knows no bounds. He has even lent his wisdom to the city of Manitoba Springs, Colorado, Pikes Peak, a restorative justice, challenge, rehabilitation, and Commonweal Artist Co-op, just to name a few. And I could go on about David, but I'm going to just share a little bit about Colton as well. Colton has extensive experience in event production, music promotion, digital growth marketing, interactive production, creative development, video content production, as well as a passion for snowboarding and travel. Colton has been a digital nomad for eight years, using the life design tactics from the four-hour work week and other leaders in the space to build a flexible life traveling the world without compromising his career. I think that's awesome. Both of you have great backgrounds, and if the audience didn't already gather, uh, this is a father and son duo, and it's a pleasure to have you um, leading up to Father's Day, which will be in just a few days. Thank you for joining me. Anything else you would like to share with the audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? Uh, no, I think that was a great summary. Thanks for uh, the overview. Yeah, that sounds great, Jonathan. Well, let's dive on into the book. Uh, tell us a little bit about why this book, fun title. I, I always like a good catchy title, um, but why this book? Why now? Why as a father and son duo? You know, the genesis of the process in the book stems from my dad's 30 years doing professional development work with athletes, organizations, et cetera, like you mentioned. Um, so he has kind of culminated that you know journey into a process um, that he published seven years ago uh, in a version called The Field Guide for What's Next. 
Um, and when he published that, uh, I actually used the process myself. I filled it out. Uh, I didn't think too much into it. I just uh, took a pass at it. And then uh, it was about two years later after that, I was looking through some old things and I was looking at my answers to the questions that are in the process. And I saw that I had uh, written that I wanted to travel the world and learn how to surf. And I am sitting there after just coming back from a two-year trip around the world where I had learned how to surf. So the, uh, you know, hair kind of stood up on the back of my neck and I was like, wow, you know, there's definitely really something to this. This is cool. Um, and then I filled out the process again um, and it showed that my intention was really strong that I wanted to get a job at Google. Um, and I, so I filled that out and I, you know, it really created that intention for me. Um, you know, it wasn't like right away that I got this job at Google, but it kind of oriented me towards uh, moving to Santa Cruz, California, which is much closer to the Silicon Valley kind of Googleplex, uh, you know, area. And uh, and then once I moved out there, I was re reached out to by, by a recruiter. Um, and I've been at Google now for over four years. So with yeah, that, wonderful. I was like, wow, there's, you know, really something here. This is awesome. Um, I had a little bit of bandwidth about two years ago that opened up and we were fly fishing on the Dreamstream. It's in Colorado. Uh, and we talked about, you know, would it be cool to kind of collaborate together on a new uh, iteration of the process of the book that's a little bit more relevant, a little bit more of a uh, easier to utilize process physically uh, by writing in the book itself. And then also bringing our both our perspectives on this process, one from my 30 years and his from his 70 years. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the overview of the of what the F is next. Wonderful. And David, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I've had a passion for this topic for almost my whole life. You know, it, I was exposed to intention early in my life, um, in my 20s. And I was fortunate to, you know, be exposed to some of the motivational speakers of the time, things, people like Zig Ziglar and um, Napoleon Hill and, and uh, Tony Robbins, who is still around today doing his thing. And uh, so I was fortunate to be exposed to the idea. And then I was fortunate enough to decide at 23 to actually create an intention to try to be financially um, secure, independent, however you want to refer to that, meaning I could do what I wanted without having to actually make money to do it. And I had success with that early on. And because of that success, I created some other, you know, pretty important intentions have a long-term relationship, um, significant relationship, and to move someplace other than Akron, Ohio, that was more sunny and had more outdoor recreational opportunities. And, and those things happened pretty quickly. So I got hooked on this concept of intention early on. And I also then feel that intention has been responsible for me to leverage what I consider I'm an average person, but those average skills with intention i've been able to live a really successful life now at 71 years old so um a lot of good experiences and that sort of thing so i have this passion you know for intention and um and then the pandemic came along and i think that was uh, a turn you know a pretty significant moment in time being a, a you know person of the 60s the 60s were of that ilk as well I mean, people changed who they were back in the 60s. And um, we had, in the pandemic, it was, an, was another opportunity for people, I think, to relook at their lives. And this fit really well with Colton and I deciding to, to do the book and provide people a process and a tool to then be able to consider that. 
And then working with people like you who have a large audience, hopefully we can um, expose that idea more and more to people that they should live an intentional life. As you kind of referred to, you you had a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was uh, your focus was intentional intentional living, and and hopefully we can fill that out now. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, just just a couple of weeks ago, uh, end of May, a really great conversation with a couple uh, that are digital nomads and talking about the intentional life and and uh, really why that's important to examine who you are and what you want uh, and, and whatnot. Um, we had a really nice high-level conversation a couple of weeks ago, so it really would be nice today to, to build upon that and to dig a little deeper uh, in terms of like what we can actually do about it. Uh, and I know that's something that you really uh, work through in your book and, and you guide the the reader through that process of how do you actually, you know, how, how do you disrupt the status quo of your life in order to, you know, challenge things enough where you're open to take a new path and, and really have that intentional living approach, which for most people, frankly, is going to be a lot different than how you're currently living. You know, what what are some of the, the those key elements that you think are essential once you've arrived at a place where you're like, yes, I know that intentional living is important. Um, you know, that looks different for everyone. Some people might be digital nomads, other people, you know, homestead, other people, you know, kind of live a fairly typical, quote unquote, typical life. Uh, but the reality is, you know, once once you step back, you're able to set your own intention and not just live the life you feel like you're supposed to live based on mm -hmm. society and the norms around you and what other people say is important. You get to decide that for yourselves. So how do we go about starting to disrupt the status quo and start to lay that out for ourselves? Yeah, totally. I think uh, it'd be great, Dad, for you to just kind of explain, you know, your process and how it uses uh, appreciative inquiry uh, specifically. Um, and, but before that, just kind of like noting on our process, we think it's really important to utilize or to focus on uh, what's next in your life um, first. So instead of like, you know, going and being like this lofty 10 years from now kind of element in the future, really focus on one area of your life that you want to make progress in within like three, 30 to 60 days, basically. And then from there, it's like a, a smaller, more attainable way to get good at creating intentions and practically achieving them. So then you can apply it to multiple areas of your life. Yeah, I think that's that's really an important component of, of our book is we do really press on that and say, it's not like you have to sit down and reevaluate your entire life. Let's start with one important area of your life and have confidence. And as I kind of stated before, that's what gave me the confidence to then keep doing it because it worked in one area. So that's a really good point, Colton. The other thing that Jonathan, I think that is different for our process and, and what makes it much more accessible and easy to do is that everybody has really created intentions in their lives. They've either done it consciously, unconsciously, mm -hmm. or they've done it and they've kind of forgot about it. They haven't realized that they actually have done it before. I, I have a quick story about a friend of mine who she, uh, my wife and I play golf with another couple. She have, <clears throat> she happens to be an artist. 
you know, we we're chatting about it. And I said, Hey, Karen, so on a scale of like one to a hundred, a hundred meaning that you've, you've really fulfilled all your really important intentions in your life. And one meaning you didn't do it at all. Where do you think you sit on that scale? And she thought for a minute, she goes, well, I'm probably an 85. And I went, wow, that sounds pretty high. It's really great. So after that, you know, in golf, you each go off and, you know, hit your ball and go to the, you know, go to the green and then you go to the next tee box. Well, by the time we got the next tee box, Karen is in this ecstatic state. She runs over, over to me and she goes, David, you won't believe this. But after we, I recognized that I had been intentional and I started to think through my life of the things that I've accomplished, some things, really big things, and almost to the letter, I am re-engaged. I am going to be more intentional in my life. And she went as far as she's, as, as I said, she's an artist. She, she now makes intentions and puts them on her artist easel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part of our book, as we say, that we're, we're hopefully connecting people with the fact that they've already been intentional in their lives. And then the other thing that we do, or that's laid out in the book, is that people are given questions to help them connect to those important things that they love about the, about their life they have already loved all the positive things they've loved and all the skills that they've done well things that other people have told them that they've done well so it's not like people have to reinvent the wheel about their what's next it's already there people already have it they already have a they've been living a life and doing things and being successful and sometimes not being successful but the point is it's there and our process helps people connect to what they who they already are and from there then it's much easier to to know that you have the confidence. I've done it before. I can do it now. I can maybe stretch myself. And I think that's a pretty significant core aspect of why this process is easier for people and will end up allowing them to be successful. Yeah, excellent. So having those guided questions uh, to prompt self-reflection and to think about the the existing intentions you have, perhaps those you've you've had at one point, but maybe forgot about, um, and reestablishing those intentions more explicitly in your mind, uh, super helpful. Anything else you want to share about the appreciative inquiry process and how that connects with your book? I guess the one add in just clarifying it is that there's kind of uh, two ways to think about uh, your opportunities and where you've come from. The old uh, method was the deficit-based model. It's kind of traditionally actually where we start when we ask, when we think about what we want, we say, oh, well, why don't I have that? What do I not have? Um, and instead, the appreciative inquiry starts with an asset-based model. And you say, well, what have I done good? What have I been good at? What do I do have? What is the community and resources that I do have? And starting from there, as opposed to that like negative, oh, I you know can't do anything or I don't have the opportunities that I would like. Um, so that's that's kind of like the the really important framework that sets up the process and has been very successful across the board for many people in uh, this kind of work. Yeah, yeah. And I think about my own intentions. Um, you know, I you you asked that on the on a scale of one to a hundred question, and I'm thinking, hmm, what would I be at? Uh, and I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to really think about it for longer than the, just the last couple of minutes, but. You know, I'd like to think I'm in, you know, 75 plus range of of living my intentions. Um, you know, uh, family is very important to me. I've been married for over 20 years, six wonderful children. Uh, you know, we live in a place where we get to enjoy the outdoors. I'm a 
professor. I love teaching um, students and working with organizations in the professional setting. Uh, things like this podcast, you know, like it's something that I, 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 I thought I would try. It was a pandemic kind of a thing where I was just taking time to take a step back and reevaluate and decide on, you know, something that I wanted to try to do. I didn't realize it would grow the way it's grown, um, but it, that's been a fantastic um, surprise and it's just been a lot of fun. And the reality is, you know, there's a lot of things that I think uh, I've done well in terms of living my intention, but that then there's other things that I realize um, I've set aside. Uh, there, there are things that are really important to me or have been really important to me that for one reason or another, uh, they've taken a back seat. And in, in some cases, that that was a conscious choice, you know, uh, a particular compromise or sacrifice for my family or, or those sorts of things. But in other cases, they're just things that slowly kind of faded from my attention. Um, and, and just taking the time to, to reconsider them uh, will allow me to perhaps build them back into uh, my daily living, which I think is really powerful. So, so that's fantastic. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's just one of the first issues, but I, I know, you, you address the issues that hold people back from going from desire and commitment to intention. How do we get there? What, what are the things that are really holding people back? Is it just people getting busy with life and, and losing track, um, just kind of getting into the grind of life or what are the things that you see and, and how can we overcome those? Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple different, but, uh, I'll start with that. Uh, I don't think that we often have really analyzed and checked in on what we actually want in, in far too long. Uh, often for most of us, the last time that, you know, we were asked, what do you want in your, from your life is as a child or like in school is like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. And so that is a pretty, usually it still kind of persists, I think in people's subconscious, but is very like outdated and impractical. So, you know, if you asked, I would have been a, a firefighter or a astronaut mm. right and still that's kind of like somehow in my mind because i like actually thought about it authentically as a child um and so if that's your goal and now it you know in your 20s or 30s or 40s to the last time you really thought about it authentically then yeah that's uh, going to be pretty hard for you to go out there and become an astronaut at this point um, but if you reevaluate authentically ask yourself that question again where you're at with where you're at in your life um maybe you know you have the desire to start your own business and you've been working a job for a long time think about using appreciative inquiry uh you know oh, okay well i've been successful at this and i've I have a great network in this area um and my actual intention is to create my own business in the field that i've been doing on my own then really honing in on that specifically then you can actually uh, you know tangibly understand that maybe i could get the thing that i want because i actually checked in on it and i actually thought about it where i am at in my life right now so i think that's one of the keys um another one is that we often have conflicting intentions so mm -hmm. uh if you have two intentions that can seem to kind of negate, negate each other. Um, an example that we lay out in the book is imagine that you have the intention to get a new sports car, but you also have an intention to work less. And so at first it's like, well, that would be impossible without somehow breaking laws of physics, winning the lottery, something like that. But if you actually drill down to the essence of what it is that you want, which is probably just to drive a awesome vehicle, uh, you know, 
down the Pacific Coast Highway and have some more flexibility with your work, um, then you can reevaluate it. And it's not that you need to, you know, get more money to necessarily do this. Maybe you just need to figure it out, figure out a way to rent a sports car for a long weekend and communicate with your profession or your job or whatever to have more flexibility to maybe work out of the office. So with a tapping in closer to the intention, which is just to have this like adventure with a, you know, hopefully cool vehicle or something, uh, you're actually so much easier able to achieve that authentically. Um, so if you tap into what the essence is, then there's lots of mm. different ways into getting what it is that you actually want, which might not be by saving up, working all the time to buy a car. Instead, you're borrowing a car, renting a car, working from, you know, the Pacific Coast Highway while you're, uh, you know, hanging out and getting that adventure day. Yeah, getting to the essence of it. I, that's really, really important because we really do often think in these grand um, ways about mm-hmm. something that actually isn't really what we want from the thing in the first yeah. place. Uh, I can think of a lot of things right off the top of my head in my life mm-hmm. that kind of fall into that bucket. And so if we can actually um, drill down and keep on asking ourselves, why, 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 um, what's really at the core of this, then what's at the core usually is much more accessible uh, yeah. and, and, and readily achievable in the, even in the short term. Yeah, I agree. That's well said, Jonathan. It, it, you just need to have a process where you're, you're putting that intention in front of yourself on a regular basis enough that you have to think about it. I do that all the time. My, I have my intentions once a week. They're in my Apple calendar. It pops up. I need to review my intentions. And I can hardly say a week doesn't go by that I don't look at one of the intentions I have. I probably have you know 10 different ones in different areas of my life. And I go, wait a minute. Now that's a little different. And as soon as I change it, tweak it, then it feels more possible that I can make it happen. And the other thing I would add to what Colton has just said is getting to the essence of what you really want. Um, And we certainly, as part of the process, the first step is to help people get grounded in who they are, who they are as a person. Because we don't take that time, as he said, we just don't take the time to really think about what we've already done and accomplished in our lives. It's not something that happens a lot. So that's that part's really important. And the second part is, I think, that holds people back is a fear of failure. What if I say that I'm going to do this and I don't? And especially if I put it out there in my network, tell my friends and family, you know, I'm going to become a professor at a university. And then I, I never become that. I mean... I, that's a kind of a fear of failure, but I go, the, the, the best way to describe that is it's the journey that matters. I mean, we've all made on a simple basis. We've all made the intention to go on some pretty nice holiday. And I don't think anybody would say that every holiday that you decided to go on went perfectly, but there's always something that happens. You get the bad weather, someone gets sick, uh, the hotel room really wasn't what it looked like. Uh, on Airbnb. But in the end of the day, not many people say, oh, I had a crappy trip to um, Cancun. You know, <laughs> it all worked out. Right. So that's that's what we have to do. We have to, you know, once you made the inventory, made the decision, start on that journey and allow it to unfold. Yeah, well said. David and Colton, this has just been a really great conversation. I know we've only just scratched the surface. 
but thankfully you have a book that people can refer to and to walk themselves through this project or this process. As we wrap things up for today, I just want to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, where they can find your book, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, Jonathan, uh, and thank you so much for having us. Uh, the easiest place to find the book is thefisnext.com. Um, it's available on Amazon, and for Father's Day, we'll be doing a 99 cents uh, promotion on Kindle, so uh, making it really accessible. Um, yeah, so that's the best place to find it. Um, I'd love to hear from you, uh, you know, looking towards the summer and the next couple months, you know, what the F is next for you, Jonathan? What's on the on the radar, and, and what do you what do you want? I'm looking forward. I, I, I recently bought a used RV that I've been fix, fixing up. That's cool. one of my, the intentions I've had for a long time. I'm looking forward to taking that out with my family. We actually have a trip coming up this week uh, for Father's Day weekend, which is wonderful. Some family trips to go out to visit family in the Midwest, uh, things like that, as well as some professional stuff. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to all of that. That's awesome. You said you have six kids, so that must be a big RV. Is everybody jumping in there? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is. It's a big one, um, but it will nice. be uh, uh, a bit crowded. Um, but the whole point in RVing, right, is to not stay in the RV, but to go places and then uh, be outdoors. So that's what we're going to try. Absolutely. Yeah, we had a like an old Shasta uh, travel trailer back in the day, and you know it was four of us, but it was tight quarters. But you know those are sometimes the best memories. Just hanging out as a family and being all over each other kind of thing and just going with it. So that'll be awesome. Great summertime. Absolutely. Well, just one thing I would add, whether they buy our book or not, I would say if there's one thing that person people walk away with is, is right now, put an hour in their calendar this week and to actually decide on something they think is important and lay out one to three actions to actually start moving in that direction. David and Colton, it's been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what David and Colton can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.